Welcome to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a safe place for healing conversations that educate and empower you to prioritize your dreams, revolutionize your family, and personalize your faith. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Hanks, a psychotherapist and coach offering online courses and programs to help women all over the world heal themselves and their relationships. Join me here every week as I coach a listener through a specific challenge and empower them with tools to find healing. I'm so excited to welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited to talk about my question. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. What is your question today? So it's something that I have honestly reflected on a lot of my adult life and being married and my, and my dynamic is different than most, I would say, okay. um, in regards to my question. So I am a widow. So I married the the boy I'd loved since I was 12. We'd been married for five years, had a little girl. He passed away when I was 24 after, like I said, wow. being married for five years. And then um, I was alone for four years. I mm-hmm. just recently got remarried. Okay. But all of that, anyways, I say all of this because my dynamic is obviously, again, different than most people's. But one thing that I observed growing up was that my parents had a phenomenal relationship. And mm. I feel like one thing that made it phenomenal was they always put each other first, right? Mm-hmm. So I always knew if I was in trouble, even if I was in the right, my dad was going to take my mom's side. You know, mm-hmm. she, he was going to back, he was going to back her up. So then when I got married the first time, I remember thinking that like, okay, we're always going to be each other's first priority, right? And this is going to make our relationship stronger and happier. And And I feel like it totally was to that point, but to be at that point, but to be fair, he passed away when my little girl was two. So I don't feel like mm. we really got in very deep to even really test that theory. Yeah. Uh, and now that I'm remarried, but I've now had four years of being a parent by myself, and then you get remarried. I try so hard to make my spouse and I's relationship the first and foremost, most important thing, because I'm a firm believer again from watching my parents that by putting your spouse and your relationship first, then together you can better take care of your children and family's needs, mm. right? But my question for you is, is that what's is that a good approach? And if it's not, what's the better approach? And how can we as couples and like any couple that's listening, make it so that we do a better job of that so that then our families and our homes live more happily and harmoniously and I just, anyways, all the way around better. Cause I look at all my friends too. And I would say the ones that from my perspective have a great relationship are doing what my parents do. Right. Mm. And then the ones that don't are very separated in the sense that their world and life revolves around their kids and there's no time for them. There's this big gap. Mm-hmm. And I'm so newly married because I've only been remarried for four months that I don't feel like I can even assess mine. But yeah. it's more looking at it from the lens of, how can I make sure that we do this so that then everything in our home and everyone in our home is taken care of and happy, if that makes sense. So that was a very long way (laughs) to get to my question, but I wanted to give a little bit of a background so that people understood the question more, if that makes sense. Yeah. So if I understand you're asking is, first of all, is putting your spouse above your kids, is that the goal? Yeah, is that and healthy? Then, is that what? If healthiest? so, how do you do that? Yes. What, what yeah. That, what does that look like? What does that look like? Okay. So let's define your idea of putting your spouse first. You gave one example of 
your dad always took your mom's side, like in a, any kind of dispute with you, you know that he would back her up. What else does that look like? I, so I would say, I would say like another example would be making time for your spouse. And I know as mothers, especially it's really hard, right. To want to leave your kids to go on even a a date or, uh, I, I, I like to live by the rule by one night a week, one overnight a month, and then one week a year, you know, with your spouse. That's like one thing that I've always tried really hard to do but it's hard because you don't want to leave your kids. And as your life gets busier and kids get older, that gets harder to make time for your spouse. So one thing that I feel like looks, another example would be making sure that, for example, that one date night a week and that one overnight a month, if that's what couples choose to do, is prioritized. Mm -hmm. So if something does come up with a child or something that, that can be moved around that you don't move around that date night, that stays a priority. And I feel Mm -hmm. like by doing that, you're making that no, my spouse in this relationship comes first mm-hmm. as it should. And obviously there's going to be conflicts that make it so that you have to move things around. But yeah. overall, you try to treat that like it's a something that's set in stone, that is a priority and that matters. Yeah. So I think that is a gr- to prioritize highly your marital relationship and your relationship with your spouse is really important. I'm not a fan of saying like of ranking it like, oh, this mm-hmm. is number one, you're number two, you're number three. They're both really important. Your relationship with your kids is important. And there are times where you probably should prioritize your kids over your spouse. For example, I know of a blended marriage where the, the new partner said, I don't want you to see your kids very often. Like at that point, you, you say, no, <laughs> right to right. your spouse. I, well, I, I wish listeners could see my face as I yeah. just went. Oh no, no, <laughs> no, right. no. So, so does your does your spouse always get their way? No, that's not no. prioritizing the relationship. So, both relationships, relationships with kids, is important, and relationships with spouse is important. So, how do you balance that? That's kind of how I think is a, a healthy way to. To look at it. So it's not always the spouse comes first, but it's not yeah. always they come second either, right? Yeah. It, it's how do you navigate that? So let's let's talk about what does that look like to prioritize highly your relationship with your spouse? So date nights, overnight every month, backing them up in parenting kinds of things. But there are sometimes where you shouldn't back up your spouse. If they're being emotionally abusive, or physically abusive to your child, you should not back them up. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> right? No, so, absolutely not. So there's, it's not a always and never. It's, it's both are very important. And how do you prioritize both? Yeah, that makes sense that, that it's more of a, what is it? A seesaw and keeping, keeping it balanced yeah. rather than one goes all to one effort. Cause then everything is out of balance. So making sure that you balance both. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. And I feel like when I was younger, I mean, that drove me nuts. Cause I remember thinking multiple times, Oh, great. I, my dad's going to be mad at me mm-hmm. because of, because of this, even though I know, I know this isn't my fault and that really bothered me. But now as an adult, I'm like, Oh, I'm so grateful that he, that they had that really great relationship model for me to see. And that, that she, I could see she was a priority for him and that he was a priority for her. And and yeah. they were really good at balancing things, especially in backing up 
the parenting, like, cause that's the example that I gave, but yeah, that makes sense that it's a, it's more of a balance, not a, this comes before this. Right. They're which both is, important. Like <laughs> it, which when you say, I'm like, Oh, that's so simple. Why didn't I think of that? Well, it makes it, it makes it a little harder because you have to kind of navigate that it's not all or nothing right? There are times when it's important to cancel date night. If you have a very sick child, you're going to prioritize in that situation, the taking care of the child. So, right. So to have a rule that's like always or never is I think not helpful. That makes sense. That makes sense. So where are those lines where you would protect or prioritize your child over your spouse? Oh, well, I think the example that you just gave was, was great. You know, when your child's sick, mm-hmm. uh, then that's going to come over something that you have planned with your spouse, or maybe, maybe even if say you and your spouse are, are arguing or you're having some contention kind of at that point in time, if your child's struggling, uh, whether that be physically, you know, they're physically sick or maybe mentally or emotionally, their need almost has to come. You have to shelf whatever's going on here to take care of the needs of the child. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, then I've, go and back I, to the spouse yes, later, yes. right? Like right. It's not Which is why I said it. shelf. <laughs> <laughs> shelf it and then take it back off the shelf Yeah, uh, when it's time. But in that moment, it would need to be shelved. Uh, and I think, especially when you have little kids, I think that as parents, we owe our kids everything, right? They owe us nothing, but we we owe them everything almost in the sense that my little girl's sick. So I owe it to her to be present and nurturing and loving and, and yeah, there to show up for her. And so I can't, if she needs me in a moment that needs to take priority, then whatever might be going on here has to be shelved. Right. Uh, Right. And so that's when I would say, that's when I would use, I don't know if that's probably the example I would use. Yeah. Yeah. And your kids don't need everything from you. So I just want to like push back on that a little bit. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. You're the, you're the professional. (laughs) So I want you to push back on me. Because that everything, your child is dependent on you and your spouse for, for Mm -hmm. care. And that doesn't mean you sacrifice everything for them. Because part of your job in raising your daughter is modeling how to be a healthy adult which means you take care of yourself too. Yeah. You take care of your marriage. You take care, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which I also am a believer in that if you're unhappy, then obviously you're going to, you're going to push that into other areas of your life too. If you personally are unhappy, your children are going to see you unhappy. You're not going to be the best mom or parent that you could be. So I, I do believe that, that you need to take care of, of your needs, obviously. But I, yeah, I guess I was more meaning it in the sense that you owe it to them to to keep them a priority and to be mm-hmm. able to put aside things that maybe don't need to be priority. Because then there's yeah. that side of things too, where you do see parents that you're like, you're, are your kids a priority at all? You know, because yeah. everything does come kind of before their kids. So right. I guess it all comes back to what you were saying of the balancing, balancing it all, finding mm-hmm. a balance between your relationship with your spouse, finding a balance between prior, you know, making them and your children a priority, finding balance with making time for yourself and the other two, because then that leads to burnout. If you're putting everything into the relationship with each of your kids and your spouse. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, 
a big balancing act of all of it is. Yeah. Does your spouse have children? No, okay. no. So I married someone who'd never been married before and and didn't have children and is amazing at coming in to being an instant dad. I mean, he he's literally phenomenal at it. I think that she loves him almost more than she loves me some days. <laughs> but uh, which makes you know my heart so so happy. But I heard when you, she's been my whole entire world and almost reason for survival <laughs> the mm. last four years, right? Because she's everything to me. And so then to have to shift that, oh, wait, now there's someone else mm-hmm. that I need to equally give time to. But then worrying that what is that going to teach her? Is she going to feel like I abandoned her by mm-hmm. giving more focus onto this new relationship? Which again, my situation is so out of the norm. So it's a bit extreme, uh, which is why I was trying to keep it more generic. But yeah. in my particular situation, it's, I would say, an even harder mm-hmm. balancing act. Yeah. And she may feel abandoned or a little bit sad that she has to share you. And that may not be a bad thing. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> that's good to because, hear. It won't hopefully scar her. Because she, it's actually too much pressure for a child to be a parent's everything. I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't even think of that, that, that that would put pressure on her knowing. Yeah. I didn't, I haven't thought about that. Yeah. Because you, if, if they're your everything, I mean, that's a lot of focus and a lot of responsibility for the child to accept all of your love and be there and be a good kid. And it just can create pressure. So I think this is probably a really good thing for her to practice not having your 100% attention all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And she, I would say she's handled it also like a champ. (laughs) I feel like she probably doesn't struggle necessarily. (laughs) It's been more my own internal battle Mm. of, oh, okay. What I, I mean, even little things like, Cause here, here I marry someone who's, you know, never been married, never had a child. Uh-huh. And so I have to remind myself, he needs time with just me sometimes, right? right. Cause we never have gotten that. And it's funny because our relationship started out as real, as like really good friends and me trying to set him up with all my friends. Oh, so wow. he's <laughs> been a part of, yeah. So he's been a part of my daughter's life for so long. So he's never known just me. Like it, mm-hmm. ever, it's always been my child and I, and so he, we, he's never gotten that. And I think back to my first marriage and how critical that time was together that you get just together. Right. And that time to, to become kind of one together mm-hmm. and to struggle and to, you know, live in our tiny apartment, going to college. I mean, we didn't get any of those experiences he and I, and so sometimes yeah. I have to remind myself he needs time with just me. Well, that looks like sending her to a grandparent's house or mm-hmm. getting a babysitter. And it might look like doing it more often than I like, than, mm-hmm. than I like, but it's necessary because it will, it helps strengthen this relationship between he and I. And then I also have to sometimes think, and you know what, it's good for her to be mm-hmm. surrounded by also other people that love her and adore her, you know, yeah. whether it's my parents or his parents or my siblings, or we have a nanny because I work a couple of days a week. She mm-hmm. loves the nanny. You know, it, it's okay. It's like, a, it's my own mental mm. blockage. But I feel like a lot of moms feel that way. 
Yeah. And they, it's, it's not just me that struggles with that. And within my dynamic, other Mm -hmm. moms struggle with it too. Oh yeah. Mom guilt is a thing for sure. Yeah. So how, so I guess that can lead almost into another question of how do we combat mom guilt? How do we find the balance within that? So let me ask you this. Are you the perfect mother that can meet all of her needs? Oh gosh, no. Okay. Then you sure want to be. Then your daughter needs other people to kind of fill in the gaps. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because that makes sense. there may be someone who's more fun than you or more playful or someone who's more uh, skilled at sewing that's going to teach her that or someone who's has a really high emotional intelligence that she's going to learn how to label her feelings from. Or, you know what I'm saying? There's just... Right. Yes. Yes. The idea that a child should be alone with a mother in a house meeting each other's needs is a new concept. Children have always been raised by groups Mm -hmm. up until the like mid-ish 1900s. Nuclear family became a thing, but that's before that, you know, and people had help. Yeah. Yeah. And support and community and extended family. So that's actually what you're doing is actually the norm throughout oh. history. <laughs> well, that's good. That's great. That's great to hear. <laughs> yeah, it takes some pressure off. So if you can think about it, that this is good for her. She needs other people to kind of give her things that you can't give her or your husband can't give her mm-hmm. because that's not your strength. Yeah. No, that, that is so true. Cause I'm just thinking about even my husband coming in to our dynamic, mm-hmm. seeing all the things he's been able to offer her that I realized were missing. Yeah. You know, that I was like, oh my gosh, I don't do that. I'm not good at that. And right. he gives this to her and it's something that she needs to become a better well-rounded person. But I, I don't have that ability. I don't have that, that talent. I don't know. So it's yeah. She's 100% needed him for different things. And you can't, kids can't have too many people loving them and accepting them and, you know, taking good care of them. Mm -hmm. So she's really, she's really lucky to have so many people who love her and take care of her. Yeah. Yeah. We we call it her army of people Mm -hmm. (laughs) since since my husband passed away that she just has this army of people who mm-hmm. just love her. And she knows that. I mean, she knows that she has aunts and uncles and, and she's an only child and an only grandchild. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a very, she's a child living in an adult world, which yeah. sometimes I feel very bad about, but at the same time, I'm like, she has all these people that love her so much that she gets so much from that. Yes. Do I wish that she had more child interactions in her life. And she gets that through school and Mm -hmm. all her extracurriculars, but she is surrounded by an army of people that just love her. And I didn't even think of it from that perspective of that are also teaching her things that, that I couldn't. So she needs Mm -hmm. all these people. Mm -hmm. She will be a healthier, well-rounded person because she has other people in her life in addition to you. Yeah which I love. I mean, I think when you <laughs> shift your thoughts process to thinking of it that way, all my mom guilt just went away for having a nanny. It just, yeah. I, mean, I just totally I just, ooh, went, went away. So there we go. That was, thank you. 
Thank You're you welcome. You just got rid of some of my mom guilt. Yay! But and I think you give it that way. It's and I really believe it. I'm not just trying to make you feel better. Like I, I really believe that kids need a team of people, a village, right? Of people yeah. to to help them and and see different things in them. Mm-hmm. Like seeing yeah. their strengths and. I just think it's really um, a beautiful thing. So I'm happy if the only thing you get out of our conversation today is letting go of mom guilt. Like, that's awesome. (laughs) Which kind of shifted from my initial question, but also cannot be linked back to it. Because I think that when you can let go of mom guilt, then you're just going to have more balance in all your relationships within your little family unit, period. And you'll have more energy to prioritize both. Yes. And kind of do the dance that needs to be done in terms of taking good care of your marriage and your child. Yes. Oh, it really is a dance. Every it's it's a and it and it's a dance within any family within any family dynamic, you yeah. know. And as you have more children, I only have one. And I look at people that have multiple and I just want to applaud them because <laughs> then you're doing a dance with, you know, five people right. trying to meet because it's not all of a sudden just your children collectively. It, they're each individuals, so it's right. your children, but then each of them nurturing a relationship within each of the, with each of them, and making time for each of them. And no two kids are, from what I hear, are alike. So you, no. think you have one figured out, and then the next one comes, and you're like, oh no, 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 nope. same approach isn't working. <laughs> totally, totally. So let's chat about what you're going to take with you from our conversation today. Yeah, what are some of the nuggets? Uh, well, I would say I wrote them down as, as we were talking. Good. So one of them was just that it's a balance between spouse and child relationships. It's not one or the other. So right. it's never once never supposed to be before another. It's just a balance. I, again, I think of that seesaw or teeter totter, whatever mm-hmm. people call it, that you want it to be equally distributed mm-hmm. uh, to where you just have a healthy a balance with each will lead to healthy relationships within each. Right. Uh, and so right. I would say, yeah, that's a really good approach. And again, something that was so simple that I'm like, why the heck did I not think of that by myself? Okay. <laughs> and I actively go to therapy and, and I've never even, and I have never even thought of that, but, uh, and then the, uh, the other one I would say that was, the other nugget was just that children need to be raised by groups and Mm -hmm. there's no, there's no such thing period as a perfect mother for any child. You're the, I think that you are the best mother for them, but you're not the perfect mother and they need to be raised by groups so that they can be offered other things that you can't offer them to make them a more well, well well-rounded person. So I would say that was the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for (laughs) taking time to talk with me today. I think a lot of people will relate the blended family, the mom guilt, how to balance caring for your partner and your relationship and and your child. So thank you for taking the time. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Hi, friends. Have you ever thought of working with me as your personal coach? Well, I have a couple of openings for women in Utah or virtually all across the globe. And I would love to work with you. I'm a licensed therapist and I've been specializing in women's emotional health and relationships 
for nearly 30 years, and I've transitioned to doing personal coaching. I love it, and I'm excited to work with you. I help women making career and life decisions, communication training, moving on after children have moved out of the home or after divorce, finding your passion in life, or creating partnership in your marriage and family. I also work a lot with faith transitions and mixed faith marriages. I'm confident that I can help you create the life you love. I can't wait to work with you. And you can use code 150 off for $150 off priority coaching with me. Go to drjuliehanks.com slash coaching or email hello at drjuliehanks.com for more information. Again, that code is 150, so 150 off, OFF. thought, hey, I want to talk to Dr. Julie Hanks about this question. Well, now's your chance. I want to have you on my podcast. So email hello at drjuliehanks.com with your question and the reason why you want to be on the podcast. And we may just choose you for a free coaching session.